It's a viewing party. Leave your chip dip at the door. Hello? Hello. <laughs> Hello? Oh, my God. I actually feel nervous right now. Why do I feel nervous? I know what you mean. If by nervous you mean hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> we recording? We're good. Yes. Yeah. A long chair is a good time chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to half the size, so you can lay it flat. I can watch the world go by and live without a care. I've never had a bad time in my old long chair. Hey, everybody. I'm Garner Andrews. That guy over there who's not nervous, just hungry. Is Bryce Kelly. Yeah, maybe hangry is more like it. <laughs> mm. Welcome to Lawn Chair Profits, formerly known as Top Ranking Podcast. How long do we have to keep saying that for? Uh, let's call that the last time. Okay, done. <laughs> On this episode of Lawn Chair Profits, Strange Love. Ooh, sounds hot. Nerves of Jello. Ooh. And the rules and regulations for hosting a TV viewing party. Oh, I like this. Let's go. You have questions. The Lawn Chair Profits have answers. So, El Camino, Breaking Bad, the movie. By this time, it's probably out there on Netflix already. You've probably watched it seven times. I, uh, I'm excited for this one. I, I'm currently re-watching Breaking Bad. How many times have you seen it? I saw it during his initial run. Uh-huh. I watched it once after, so this will be three. Oh, boy. It's a... Uh, is it the best TV show I've ever seen? I kind of think you and I might agree on this. It's outstanding. So to watch it again a third time, I'm actually still as into it. I'm as enthralled by the juiciness of it. Well, see, and it's special for you this time around because you're watching it with your new best girl, who is, what, two years? She's been around for a couple of years now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's been around for a couple of years. Uh, she's never seen it. Is she getting her mind blown? She is. Good. And it's fun because I remember the juicy things that happened just before they happened. So then I go, ooh, <laughs> just turn and kind of watch her. Uh-huh. Watch her mind get blown. And eat popcorn while yeah. you're staring at her. There's been a couple of times where she's been on her phone and something juicy is about to happen. So I give it the old SWAT. You slap her phone out of her hand? Yeah. I'm like, you're going to want to watch this. What? Now, the greatest scene... Spoiler alert, by the way. The greatest scene in the history of Breaking Bad is when Gus Fring walks out of the hospital room. Mm, yes. Is that the greatest scene? Yeah. Adjust his tie. And, and you're like, good God, how did he survive? Oh, he didn't. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the best scene in Breaking Bad is uh, when Walter White throws a hissy on his driveway and accidentally threw a pizza on his roof. Nah, that's too on the nose. <laughs> It's the, and then everybody embraced that. Now everybody goes to that poor person's house. That's an actual house in Albuquerque. And people still show up there and throw pizzas on the roof. Yeah, that's a real story. If you Google it, you look up the owners of that house, asked people. They put up like a big fence around it now. Mm -hmm. They're tired of people throwing pizza on their roof. Isn't that awesome if you just started listening to this podcast right now? You'd be like, is this podcast from nine years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about breaking back. We're referencing Breaking Bad because the movie comes out or came out right at now. Netflix has it. It's called El Camino. And I was talking the other day in front of a group of guys. I said, would it be weird for me, a grown adult man, to host the Breaking Bad El Camino viewing party in my tastefully appointed home? Or is that something you only do for sporting events? 
No, I think it's absolutely adorable to have a viewing party for El Camino. I don't think it's exclusively for sports. I think people do viewing parties from time to time. Yeah. And this is one of those things like Breaking Bad, by the time it got off the air, which, by the way, was six years ago. So it that has, long. It has been a while. Uh, it was huge. It was the biggest thing that was happening at that time. And so for this now, six years later, and I love how they did it too. Like they filmed this thing in secret. Mm. No one knew it was a thing until a month ago. Yeah. And so like there's a lot of excitement around it. People are amped to see how this goes. So viewing party, I think it's appropriate. You know what I'm most excited about is the fact that I didn't watch Breaking Bad when it was on. Like I watched it a couple of years after it had disappeared. My beautiful bride and I sat in our basement and watched it on DVD like a couple of barbarians. <laughs> so neither one of us had that experience of going to work the next day and going, can you believe that episode last night? And talking about it by the photocopier like cool people do in offices. Mm -hmm. So I was never a part of that. So that's why I'm so excited about the movie on Netflix because I will be able to come into work on Monday and discuss it with my coworkers. Yeah. I'll be one see. of the cool kids. Well, on paper you will be. Yeah. I guess there's that. So if I'm going to go ahead and have a TV viewing party for El Camino, I feel like there should be some rules, some ground rules that we lay out. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, the one thing that drives me nuts is kettle cooked potato chips. Okay. Yeah. This makes sense because the crunch factor is too high. Yeah. And there's a lot of this kind of talking during Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad does uh, a lot of silence. Mm -hmm. A lot of silence. There'll and be I, a lot of moodiness. I don't want to hear you mowing down on a mouthful of Ms. Vicky's. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, overrated chip. My God. I've, I can't believe we're agreeing on stuff. What happened to us? People like Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar. Best chip ever. Nope. It's fine. Yeah. If you have stunted taste buds. <laughs> Overrated. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, the crunchy foods, especially for a quiet thing. I think yeah. for a loud hockey game or something like that. Oh, yeah, Super football Bowl. game. Yeah, Super Bowl or something. Go ahead. Eat your gross potato chips. Yeah, but They're, for something like this. Um, the one thing you said, too, this is a good, good point. The size of your TV is yes. very, very important. Uh, you figure that the size of your TV must at minimum, begin with the number five. Yeah, at least a 50-incher. Uh -huh. If I roll up to someone's house for a El Camino viewing party and they're rocking a 28-inch TV, <laughs> I would lose my mind. Uh, this one, this text, hey, I was having my house cleaned. The cleaning lady said, why is your TV so small? I have a 32-inch, and I've felt ashamed ever since. Every time I watch it now, I am so self-conscious, I guess I can't have a viewing party. Sean, no, Sean, you can't. No, you certainly can't, and you should feel shame. I couldn't imagine living life with a 32-inch TV. Why does he have a 32-inch TV? Like, you can get a 46-incher now for, what, $7? Yeah, times are going to get better for you, Sean. And the TVs are getting so cheap now. Yeah. I don't want to hear a lot of questions, too. I think you need to come into the viewing party with a base knowledge. Like, oh, if I yes. would have gone to a Game of Thrones viewing party, I would have been thrown out in the first 10 seconds because I've never seen a second of that. And I'd be like, uh, who's the guy with the sword? What's that dragon doing? I would have been that guy. Yeah. And you don't want to bring, like, if you have a fresh new girlfriend oh. and you bring her and she's never seen Breaking Bad, but everyone else there has. Yeah. That's a bad first impression when she's, who's that? Yeah. Is that Malcolm in the Middle's dad? Why is it, does he do this one in his underpants too? 
Uh, let me grab this. Hi. Uh, so you're talking about uh, the viewing party things. I've done viewing parties for Game of Thrones. You did do it, hey? It, it wasn't oh, yeah. weird? No, it wasn't weird. But the key is you have to invite people that know the rules of the viewing party inherently. What are the rules of the viewing party? It's basically the same rules as going to the movie theater. You know, I don't, you, you can't be on your cell phone. You can't be talking. It's, just, it's those same rules, the same consideration. But I do agree with you. Theater, you can get away with the crunchier stuff, but not for the viewing party on TV. Popcorn's mm-hmm. about the most you're going to get. What about this idea? Everybody who comes to the viewing party gets uh, like a caution flag that you'd see at a, like a yellow flag. And if I like that be a flag down, I, I like that idea. And if at any point you have a question and you're only allowed to raise your caution flag once, you throw your flag up and it's paused, and then you get your question answered and then restart. So ra- the game, the show's back on again. Everybody gets a caution flag. So if there's six people at your party, you got a maximum of six stoppages. Okay, I kind of like that idea. I get it. Some people might get, especially with a Breaking Bad movie. I don't want to go back through all the seasons and rewatch it. There'd be a couple of times where I'll be like, where does this person fit in again? Heisenberg and Walter White are the same person? Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, do you like the idea of everybody gets a one flag to throw during the... Oh, uh, we're not agreeing on this, are we? No, I don't like this one. Wow. I don't like it. Because flags flying will be too much of a distraction. See, this is why I'm not built for viewing parties. Yeah. Because I want to focus. I, I don't want to stop. I don't want things flying in my face. I don't want a flag to throw. I don't want other people throwing flags. How big's your TV, Bryce? I got a few. Uh, one of them is a 49-inch, which is a weird... I got it for free. No big deal. But uh, then I have one downstairs that's like 68, huh. 65. Oh, look at this text that just came in. TV size is like the size of the lift on your truck. It's all about insecurity and overcompensation. Wow, Bryce. What wow. are you compensating for? First of all, I hit too close to home. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, I just enjoy my movie watching. I enjoy this cinematic experience. I have a 51-inch TV, and I'm not ashamed of that. That's fine. It, it, it's enough. It qualifies you to host. Does it? Yeah, 51. That qualifies. You're over the threshold. You can host a viewing party. Uh, the other thing, though, is if you do host one, I can't recommend this enough because it's on Netflix, and you're going to be firing up Netflix. Like, gather around, everyone. It's El Camino time. And everyone's like, yeah, we're all staring at the screen as you're pulling it up. Oh, continue watching for Bryce. Yeah, you've got to make sure you're continue. which pro tip, you have to do that. I think it's on the the app on your phone. Oh, you, you can't can delete through, from the TV? No, I don't think so. So you yeah, can go through and cherry pick, or maybe it's the website. I can't remember. Yeah, because everybody's going to be like, oh, see, uh, Bryce, I see you haven't finished watching The Day Porn Ended. <laughs> I see you're you're not done with toddler princess diary oh you're only halfway through the my little pony movie Ooh. oh interesting how many kids do you have none that's uh, weird this is <laughs> this is from lee 51 inches might be a bit small for a viewing party if you want it to be successful you should head out and pick up at least a 60 inch but bigger is always better with tvs and do it today don't wait until the day of you don't want people to have to wait well, your TV does its initial setup. Oh, that would suck. And then watch while you try and figure out how to use it. And make sure you know your Netflix password. That would be embarrassing. LOL, Lee. Yeah. Lee sounds like a TV salesman. He, Lee kind of does, yeah. 51 inches is a fine size for a viewing party. Oh, They're trying that, to upsell you. And what's with having to do updates or setup on a TV? And a PlayStation. Jesus. Yeah. It's like... 
when the pioneers brought a color TV back to the sod hut mm-hmm. where they lived with no plumbing or anything, did they have to do setup? Did they have to do updates on the software? I don't think so. And they were happy. They got by with their rabbit ears. Yeah, they got by with their spoiled food, their <laughs> rabbit ears, and no setups on their TV. <laughs> and their Adobe walls. I wish I could have all the time back that I've spent doing updates on electronics. I do like your story, though, of the viewing party you went to. Oh, hang on a second. Hey, how's it going? Good. How about you? Doing good. You're talking about viewing parties. Yeah, yeah, viewing parties. What's the ad- Am I allowed to have a viewing party for the Breaking Bad movie, or is that weird? Uh, it's not weird. Um, I think it's like, if, if it's something like that, like, you know, Breaking Bad movie, like something kind of neat, like... No, I think that's all right. Like, if they did, like, a Seinfeld reunion, same kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. have like people were having Seinfeld parties, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> the, uh, the Seinfeld viewing party was my very first experience with a viewing party, and it just went terribly. Oh, for real? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I'll talk about that shortly here, but it was a disaster. Oh, well, I know that the episode was not very good. Oh, but. see, I liked the episode from what I could see of it. Okay, so the Seinfeld thing. that The second greatest TV show in history. Maybe it's a tie. Be, well, it could be a tie between Breaking Bad and Seinfeld. Two different categories, though. So Seinfeld, this is back in May of 1998. On a day not unlike today, Bryce. (laughs) Children laughing in the streets. Oh, my wife and I were living in one city. We booked airfare. We got on a plane. We booked a hotel room in another city so we could fly to that city and watch the series finale of our favorite show, Seinfeld, with a group of our friends, which sounds like a charming little way to spend a few days. Yeah, what a great way to spend $1,000. Yeah, so we get to this friend's house and it's, I don't know, it's minutes before Seinfeld, the final episode, is about to start. And uh, she's like, honey, can you find the rabbit ears? Can you set up the TV so that we can watch? I'm like, you don't have cable? (laughs) You you don't have cable? I flew halfway across the country to a Seinfeld (laughs) series finale viewing party and you don't have cable? Sure enough, her husband had a set of rabbit ears Again, May 1998, and he's trying to get a picture. He eventually got a picture, but it was black and white, and it was really snowy. There oh, was, boy. It was brutal. I just about spun right out. I hope you're not friends with those people anymore. I actually kind of am. I just friended them on Facebook not too long ago. Good, good people, Bryce. Good, good people. I would terminate that friendship. And now I'm afraid they might be listening to this podcast, but I haven't said their names. Maybe they don't remember I was at their party. <laughs> Come but they on. should be aware what a oh. failure that was. I would have been livid, especially the travel you put in to get there. Yeah, I feel like maybe I've built this story up too much. It was wildly disappointing. No, that I would be infuriated. And this is the days of VHS. We didn't have PVRs. Like, you couldn't just push one button and record the series. So, meanwhile, back in the city we were living in, fingers crossed that the VHS tape had kicked in and was actually recording the episode and it did. So I did get to see it, but not till like four or five days later Four or five days and a thousand dollars later, you finally get to see Seinfeld go to jail. So that actually goes on the list here. uh, TV viewing party rules. 
uh, cable or a reliable streaming service, no antennas, no weird workaround pirate software that you use in order mm-hmm. to obtain the signal for free. That's weird. And it's a little bit dicey. People are rolling the dice. People are investing a lot. They're putting a lot in trust in you that you will be able to provide them comfort and entertainment. And as a viewer at a viewing party, uh, go to the bathroom before it starts. So I don't want to be 15 minutes into El Camino and all of a sudden you have to make tinkies. Stop calling it that. <laughs> the Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Totally stood the test of time. Wow. Depeche Mode. You can't tell that song's from the mid-80s. <laughs> uh, late 80s, Bryce. I believe that might be 1987. Oh, so it's the... <laughs> that was a good year, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, is that the year you were born? It sure was. Look at the garbage they were putting out that year. <laughs> so, so, Depeche Mode. Well, first of all, apologies to your mom. I've never met her before, but that was kind of harsh. Uh, that, I, I like Depeche Mode, but that to me is, eh, that was a B-side. Not their best? No. That was the kind of thing you issue with the... Reissue, reissue, reissue box set when you really kind of need to make some money to make a mansion payment or something or a, a speedboat payment. That's the song you include in that collection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that wacky synth doesn't, doesn't really stand the test of time. Yeah. So we just started talking about, this is inspired by, well, you don't even have to give her name. She's on... Kaylee Cuoco okay. is her name. She's from Big Bang Theory. She's one of the main. She was the cute girl across the hall from all the nerds. So what you're saying, Bryce, she wasn't a nerd, but somehow she infiltrated their world? They, yeah. The story goes that she moved in across the hall from these nerds. The one was making googly eyes. Uh-huh. She's out of my league, he thought. Yeah. Turns out she wasn't. Really? Yeah. Sheldon it, Cooper, is this his girl? No, it's the other nerd's girl. Oh. So, anyway, she falls in love with a nerd, made lots of money on this show, and became very famous as a result. I don't normally dive into the tabloids, but this one caught my eye because there's a story about Kaylee Cuoco, who last year, June of 2018, married a guy. Almost a year and a half ago. Like 16 months ago. Okay. She married this guy, and they still don't live together. They live in separate houses. In the same city? Yeah. They both live in Los Angeles, so... (laughs) She was talking about how, oh, we're building our dream house right now. Yeah, but you can share a bachelor suite. I mean, if you're strapped for cash, I'm sure she's not, but you could still share a place while you wait for your dream home to be built. It seems weird. Like if it was, well, frankly, I find it weird if you're not married before, or you're not uh, living together before you get married. That's That's weird. That's just me. Wow. Remind me to tell you a story in a few minutes. (laughs) But it's like, okay, if you're not, that's fine. But you would have think, like, we get married and then we move in together. Mm-hmm. But no, they still waited 16 long months. I worry about them, those kids. I hope they're okay. <laughs> I couldn't pick her out of a picture lineup, though. Like, if you put up six pictures of Hollywood actors, I wouldn't be able to pick which one she is. But yeah, so that got us thinking. It's like, man, that is weird. A lot of people live weird, strange lives. Strange Love. Yeah, especially when they get uh, romantic. Yeah, well, okay, that's the thing, is at my house there's been a lot of talk, because I work weird hours. I get up at 3, 3.30 in the morning, 
I go to bed at eight o'clock at night. The house is still alive when I go to bed. I need quiet. They need to live. Maybe I should move into the basement in the guest room, but I can't bring myself to do it because then I feel sort of disengaged from my family. But it turns out these living arrangements, these separate bedrooms, not all that uncommon. Yeah. Apparently. I would fear that it would put up literal and metaphorical walls in my relationship. Hmm. That's just me being deep and romantic, though. You sure are deep and romantic. Yeah, but apparently most people just swear by this. They say it's the best thing that ever happened. Hey, you guys are talking about separate bedrooms. Well, we're just talking about uh, couples with unique living arrangements. <laughs> well, you, I'm not going to lie, you sounded a little judgy there. In what way? Well, I sleep in a separate bedroom from my husband. Well, no, I'm not being judgy. How, do, how am I being judgy? Okay, maybe that was the wrong word. I'm sorry, Garden. No, I just have a differing opinion. That doesn't mean I'm being judgmental. Yeah, I just... There you uh, go. I don't know. I feel like I would be disengaged from my family if I moved into the basement. See, my husband, he works away. So his hours are bizarre, like your hours. So how long have you had separate bedrooms for? Since we've lived together for four years. Yeah? Yeah, it's been great. Okay. I sleep in his room when I want to sleep in his room. He sleeps in mine when he wants to. What if he doesn't want you to sleep in his room that night? Is he rude? No. Do you have like a code or something where you hang a sock on the door or something like that? No. No? You just kind of like, you know somebody. You know, you know when they don't want you in their room. You know, you know someone. Uh, are we friends? Absolutely. Okay, good. I just don't like no, it. No, we're, people... we're, we're good, man. I'm sorry I used the word judgy. That was incorrect. <laughs> Okay. I sometimes do think that I am living my life wrong because I refuse to move into the guest bedroom. I'll bet you my wife would be all in on it if I did that, but then I would just feel like the guy that lives in the basement. See, and I get that. So you are right next to each other. I like the idea of you creating your like imaginary bedroom from when you were a kid because I would like to do that. Now I think I'm going to do that. Oh, what posters are you going to hang up? Oh, God, for sure. Like some Mariah Hobbs. Oh, you were, were you a big fan of the Divas? I was. Yeah, no, I was a diva fan, you know, Destiny's Child. I want you to put together your dream bedroom for when you were like a preteen, and I'll put together my dream bedroom too. Yeah, we'll compare. See, I totally defused that. She shot, She thought I was a judgmental bastard, whereas I was just, just because somebody has a different opinion from yours doesn't make them judgmental. No, and well, to be fair, I was judging pretty hard. Were you? But Who I, were you judging, me or her? Well, I judge everybody, but yeah. mostly her, because I just think like, Oh, we sleep in separate bedrooms. I'm like, oh, the countdown clock is ticking pretty quick on this relationship. That's just what I think. Yeah. But maybe they've stumbled into something that would be a game changer for most people. I know we work with um, a girl here who's been quite open that when she goes on holiday with her husband, that they will purposely get hotel rooms that have the two queens instead of the one king. And they each rock their own queen bed. And have the best sleep of their lives. They look forward to it. It's the best part of their vacation, which I find weird, but also I'm like, maybe they're onto something. Did you ask her if they ever push those beds together? Oh, yeah. Someone always has to ask that question. Well, I know, but are you allowed to ask that question in the workplace? This is our coworker. That's right. But she was offering up the fact they sleep in separate beds on vacation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garner and Bryce, take it from my mom and dad who've been married for 46 years, separate bedrooms. Mm. My parents have always had separate rooms. Before you ask, hey, how did they get any loving done? Wasn't going to ask. It was simple. Only my mom's room had a TV. When they wanted to, you know what, they would just go to my mom's room to, quote, 
watch TV and us kids were none the wiser. You're like, <laughs> gosh, mom and dad sure do like Spider-Man. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, See, it seems weird. Here's another one. My mom and dad, married 39 years, have their own freezers side by side because my dad keeps all his hunting meat in his and my mom and my mom keeps the family food in hers. Aw. So he's got a gutted elk in his and she has some, you know, lasagna. Yeah, some strawberry rhubarb pies. Mmm. <laughs> I like that one. See, maybe that's just 39 years of experience working itself out. Hey, guys, I recently met a couple. Okay, this is the weirdest one yet. Because once you realize how babies are made, this will be really weird. Uh, I recently met a couple married with kids where the husband will not share or drink out of the same glass as his wife. He will get another glass if he even suspects his wife may have drank from it. I found that to be extremely bizarre. So did I, actually. I was like, does he, before he kisses her, does he make her sort of half swallow a baggie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because being married with kids... Surely they've swapped some saliva. They've shared some germs. There's a level of intimacy. Yeah, there's a certain amount of road they've traveled together that would allow you to share, I don't know, an orange crush. Yeah. Do you sleep with your uh, little Morello, your dog, your puppy? No, he sleeps in a kennel. Yeah. No. Some people do sleep with their pets, though. I would would hate every second of that. I've never, like, I... Even if I did have a dog, I would maybe put the little doggy bed right beside my bed so he wouldn't be lonely in the middle of the night, but I don't think I'd want him on the bed. Yeah, because here's a thing about dogs. Spatial awareness is not exactly their specialty. No, no. no. I think I'll put my butt right in this guy's face. (laughs) Uh, But what about other, you know what? Like, do people, are there people out there, obviously they sleep with their dog, they sleep with their cat. Are there people that sleep with you know, a snake? Or a lizard or something? Oh, Ew. gross. Hey, it's Garner. Yeah, this is Garner. Hey, I was calling in about uh, weird things sleeping in your bed. Mm. Um, and you were talking about snakes. Oh. Uh, I do not sleep with a snake. But I'm a friend of fr- sorry, one of my friends slept with a snake, um, one of their pet snakes. And every night it started, like, stretching itself out longer. And they ended up finding out that it was sizing him up to eat him. So they ended up having to put the snake down. Yeah, that is, I don't know. Why would you want that in your bed? That just gives me (laughs) the heebie-jeebies. You're telling me that's creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, does this person still have a snake? Uh, No, no more snakes. I think that was the end of that. I just feel like if you didn't want to get rid of your snake even though it was sizing you up, couldn't you just tie it in a knot at night? <laughs> tie it around your bedpost, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Get away? Yeah. yeah. And then in the morning, untie it and let it do its thing, but not while you're sleeping. Come on. Wow. Is that true? That snakes eyeball people. They they lay out like a, like a ruler next to you? Yeah, because I've heard that before, that when a snake does that, it's not being cute. It's... Seeing if it could swallow you whole. Ugh. That's what I've heard. But then I've heard other people say, no way, man, that That's ain't true. That's myth, man. Fake news. Here's the truth about snakes. Uh-huh. They're freaks. Yeah, they kind of are. Anything that can unhinge its jaw and swallow a, a goat. goat. Yeah. Don't trust it. Don't sleep in a bed with it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, one more here. Go ahead. Um, so my partner has kind of two loves, uh, myself, and he's also a bit of a, a, a bit of a gun aficionado. He, uh, he has a, an extensive gun collection. And I was told when I came and lived with him that when he gets a new gun or if he does some modifications to it, because it's like guns are like Lego. You can, like, modify them, make them look, like, super cool. I've learned a lot about this aspect of life. But, yeah, so when he does this, he was like, sometimes I like to sleep with it. And I was like, okay. So sometimes it happens where we'll be sleeping in the bed and I'm on one side and then he'll prop the gun up on the wall on his other side. And I'm just like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> all good. Not weird at all. <laughs> That's... It's, 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 I can understand. Like, when you get a new toy, you want to, like, see well, it, play with it, appreciate it. And, like, I feel safe. Yeah. See, so, I love guitars. I I collect guitars. But there has never been a time when I'm like, oh, <laughs> Gibson Custom Shop R7 Gold Top. You're sleeping in my bed tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I, having a gun in your bed, it just, it seems like a ticket to misadventure. Yeah, it seems like you're one step away from a real bad time. Yeah. You know, some people sleep walk. Uh-huh. Some people sleep eat. Yeah. What if you sleep shoot? Ooh. <laughs> The Lawn Chair Profits, solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. Bryce, are you cool as a cucumber? I mean, 99.99999% of the time, I'm as easy going as it gets. I did this thing just the other day where I went to an elementary school and I read a picture book to a classroom. And I was strangely nervous about it. I've done this every year for years during this one special week called read-in week. And for some reason, walking in an elementary school and sitting down in front of a classroom of 40 or 50 kids, that just terrifies me. There is a pressure because going in as a grown person, there's a certain expectation that you're an expert-level reader. Oh, my God. And I choked the other day. Because it's one thing to sit there and read a book on your lap, but when you have to hold it up this way, like – on your shoulder kind of and move it, pan it from left to right so everybody can see it. Mm -hmm. Even the two Caleb's in the back that have been separated because they can't get along. (laughs) And you have to kind of read over your shoulder. It's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You need to make sure all the Hayden, Braden, Jadens can see it and hear you. So I was stumbling a little bit and tripping around on my words and kids were mocking me. Yeah. And probably justifiably so. (laughs) So anyway, I was super nervous about that. So we started talking about the things that make you really, really nervous. And your example was when you were going to interview Blink-182 one day. And we were at this festival, um, but you had to go kind of off-site to interview the band because they were in another building and they load you into a golf cart. Yeah, I'd been told earlier in the day, like, okay, you're going to talk to someone from Blink-182. And I was like, neat. But they didn't know who it was or how long it was going to be. So they finally wrangled me up, throw me in the back of this thing. They're while we're driving there. I'm like, so who am I talking to? They're like, oh, all three of them. This is Mark, Tom, and Travis. And I was like, what? Like that is rare. But then I'm like, how long do I have? They're like, you have five minutes. And some inside baseball. A five minute interview with a, an entire band 
is not fun to do at all. No. No, you get like one question and then basically you're done. Well, they're bored and they're trying to impress each other with how rude they can be. At this point, Blink-182 <laughs> was a well-established band. Oh, yeah. This wasn't when they were brand new. No they, no. Had, they did not need to be talking to me. No. They knew it. I knew it. Everyone in the room knew it. Uh, so I felt very nervous that I was going to screw it up. I wanted to be cool in front of Blink because I love Blink-182. Yeah. So I wanted to come off as a cool guy. Just like one of them. Yeah. So yeah. while we were driving there, all of a sudden, when I learned it was all three, it was just like, boop, instantly palms sweaty. Knees sweaty, like everything got sweaty. It was, I was bad. So we threw it out to people just like you. The most nervous you get, the most nervous you've ever been. This one here, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, I'm a physician. I've been practicing for 15 years this January. I still get nervous when I have to give a patient some really bad news. The hardest part is to not give a patient or the family false hope when all they can do at that point is just manage the life they have left. I don't know if it ever gets easy. Name withheld. Well, that was a bit of a bummer. Uh, I I kind of brought the room down, didn't I? <laughs> I can only imagine how hard that would be. That's probably something they don't teach you. Is there a class when you go to medical school about giving bad news? Well, think about uh, police officers who have to go bang on a door and give some particular... That probably isn't a lot of fun either. No, and I can't imagine you train for it. So all of a sudden, the first time you do it, if you screw it up, Hmm. you can't sleep that one off. Let's catch the next bus out of Bummer Town. (laughs) (laughs) How about this one? I can totally relate to this. And this might just be, um, you know, a product of my low self-esteem, my low self-worth. But this person said, I used to get rattled by the ring bell for service bell. But then I decided to take charge of my life, and now I ring it once or twice with confidence. Wow. I don't like being the guy that has to ring the bell on the desk. No, you always seem like you're interrupting their day. Yeah. Like they're going to come around the corner with salad hanging out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on my lunch break. They just sat down to have lunch, and all of a sudden you're ringing the bell. For some stupid reason, <laughs> like you want a pillow. Um, I've been a soccer goalkeeper for a long time. I still get nervous before almost every game. Well, that's probably a good thing, isn't it? You don't want to go in there cocky. No, you got to keep those feet on the ground. You got to stay humble. There's a restaurant or bar where we're talking to you from. And I think it's all over this country, isn't it? Where they have a buzzer right at the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is a growing thing where you can buzz uh, if you want service from your waitress. Has anybody ever pushed that button? Or it just... To me, that's like the giant douchebag button. Yeah, I've never hit that one. I'm like, I'll wait. Yeah. Even if they're terrible. Like, I'll wait. And yeah. I'll still tip 20%. It's it's the it's the same as the person on the plane that pushes the flight attendant button. I've nobody, never done that. Nobody pushes the flight attendant button. It's just there for 0.05% of the population. The most needy of the needy. That's what that button is for. Or if your kid puked on you. I don't even like adjusting the air. No. Because I'm like, oh, people are going to see my arms. They're going to be like, that guy should go to the gym. <laughs> that guy's got twigs for arms. Yeah, or now that you have that nice new Apple watch. Oh, yeah. Never been a better time to be adjusting that vent. Maybe dial in the light perfectly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Now they'll see me flossing. Now maybe you'll be you'll pretend to be pushing the flight attendant button, but then you'll just draw your hand back slowly. Not too fast, though, because you want people to catch a glimpse of that Series 4 Apple watch <laughs> that's not quite a Series 5. Maybe I'll adjust the song I'm listening to while I'm reaching up yeah. there. Yeah. He listens to such cool music. Yeah. Okay. Wow.
is this nerves or is this just the sign of a really stressed out person? Because I feel this one too. I get nervous taking those extra five seconds to put my credit card away while I'm in the drive-thru. You just feel like you're trying to organize your life. It's been chaos as they hand you your BLT and your coffee and everything else. There's stuff going each direction. Now you just want some sanity in your car before you head back out into traffic. And the guy, you can just feel people behind you ready to honk because you took four seconds to put your card away. I know. I mess that. I pull up just far enough. I don't pull out of the drive-thru. I pull up just so they could get up to the window. Then I stop. But then I was thinking to myself, what if they're only grabbing like a bottle of water, which is a weird thing to go to a drive-thru for, and they get their bottle of water immediately and you're still sitting there four seconds later putting your credit card away. <laughs> now it looks even worse for everybody. Yeah, that is a, that is a lot of pressure. <sighs> okay, one more. Hey, guys, I was working in Saudi Arabia for seven months. I proposed through text message to my fiancé back at home. I didn't get a response I waited and waited. Nothing. About nine hours later, I couldn't take it. And I sent her another text message apologizing for proposing to her through text message and tried to explain to her that I just couldn't wait. I knew she was the one and I missed her terribly. I got a response almost immediately from her. She hadn't received my original text. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. you kind of blew it. (laughs) He blew it by proposing through text. Although his honesty... In his apology, oh, that might even be better. Talking about how he missed her terribly, knew she was the right one. Oh. It turned into a good story to tell at the wedding. Like, oh, how, how did he propose? Like, through right. text. Yeah. I didn't even get the text. He waited nine hours stewing. That would be a long nine hours. Oh, my God, would it ever, especially when you're on the other side of the planet? I couldn't imagine. That would be a very nerve-wracking nine hours. You can't even just race over to her house and stand outside her bedroom window with a boom box above your head? No. But I feel like you could have waited until you saw her again in person. That feels like some. That feels like a face-to-face moment. The proposal? Yeah. Not a big fan. He was working on the other side of the globe, Bryce. Catch a flight. It would be romantic. Oh, would it ever. And expensive. God, I'm the captain of romance. Why does no one listen to me? Thanks for listening to the Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of the Lawn Chair Profits drink tap water. Mmm, tasty.